you may not remember which pile is for which and you'll just lay something in a pile and say, I'll get to it later. I'll go back and clean this up. And the piles begin to grow as big as your frustrations begin to grow. Welcome back to the Alon Life Pro. Mike Indolfo here, and I'm joined as always by New York Times bestselling author Michael Winnington. That's him chewing in the background. If you get to hear that, hopefully he's eating his apple, be keeping the doctors away. So no, 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 don't, don't hide it. He's he's trying to hide it now. I embarrassed him. <laughs> and the queen of coaching, Kristen Tabbert. We are here, and we are going to talk about how to declutter your business. And I'm going to turn this over to Kristen because this is what Kristen basically gets hired to do. She's a garbage man. She's one eight hundred guy. She's one eight hundred guy junk. <laughs> for uh for, for your business so absolutely that that's mike that's a great analogy because it's it's you know we hang on to things that are familiar not necessarily useful and it's, is that it's, why that's not why your clients hold on to you though because you're useful not familiar. oh they do yeah you have to deliver value but right. we have things that we're comfortable with that we we tend to hang on to so yeah i in in essence not only do i help them to create that vision that they're running towards but how to clean up the path along the way to get there I want to start with in our business, the obvious and, or it is to me anyway, it may not be obvious for everybody else, but I want to talk about decluttering, cleaning up, spring cleaning in your business, your physical environment. Well, we're we kind of going have, through this right now, actually. I mean, because we're, we're reevaluated our physical space and repurposing things and picked up some more space and some, some spots that are going to help us be a little bit more efficient, help my agents out. But that's, that's on the macro level. And it can dial right into the micro level. Like when I think about this whole thing about your physical space, I've actually, you know, in the where I am right now in my office, I've got this little podcast studio. Then I've got a standing desk over to my side. Well, I've started working so much at my podcast studio desk. The other desk is a mess. And the reality of it was, the idea was when I had this podcasting, I can kind of close the curtain, be ultra focused and be working on stuff where I wouldn't get distracted. And the, the standing desk is where I just need to kind of be and punch things out. And now I've got a little seating area that maybe I'm, I'm going over there and I'm writing my personal notes. I create these environments within the environment that I think are really impactful, but I probably have too many of them. And I'm cluttered with the number of choices I have. And so I revert back. That's a great point. When you have too many choices, you can get lost. So you may not remember which pile is for which and you'll just lay something in a pile and say, I'll get to it later. I'll go back and clean this up. And the piles begin to grow as big as your frustrations begin to grow. Good stuff right there. Just, go ahead. Yeah. Clean, clean up, clean up your office and, and things like your bookcase. People don't think about their bookshelves. You know, how many books do you have on your bookshelf right now that are of no value for you right now? If you really looked at decluttering now, now in our house, got an author in the house. It's hard to let go of books sometimes. It really is. <laughs> but at the same time, it takes up a lot of space, valuable space that could be used for other things. So, like, you know, like horse pictures? No, horse pictures. No, those are hang on the wall. Those those are not declutter. Those, dollar those the don't jar. clutter. Oh, those are okay. The books are not, but the yeah. horse no, pictures. No, here's are here's good. what I'm trying to say. You know, you you either have to buy more more bookshelves to put more books on or you you have to figure out do these books and and michael let's be really honest we went through a couple of books the other day that we realized they're not in alignment anymore with some of our our core principles and values some of the material is outdated and not relevant anymore so we made some decisions on some of these books to take them off our bookshelves for now 
if, if you want to keep them, then put them someplace where they're not going to distract you or donate them to somebody that could use those books right now. So, so clean your book space, clean up your, your piles, have a filing system, make sure that, you know, it doesn't have to be elaborate, but you know, there's, there's a saying and, and I love the saying and I don't know who said it, but it, it holds true and it, it really will create happiness in your physical environment, everything in its place and a place for everything. Yeah, I think that's a great point with what you were saying about the books at one level. I'm not giving up any, but I was I was on a webinar last spring and I and I noticed that the person I was on the webinar with, their bookshelf was was organized by colors. So their bookshelf, you know, the, the reds and the yellows and and what they said was is that that's a very kind of calming visual, right? If it's a lot of chaos and color, it's less calming. Now, I think that'd be hard to find the books I'm looking for, which should create more stress for me. But ultimately, I mean, there's there's this kind of visual aspect to having a decluttered workspace that either either moves you towards where you want to go or it holds you back. And so think about the mental clutter, the, the way that we react to our environment. You know, we set ourselves up for success if we create a, an environment that has that has this sense of, I don't want to use the word Zen because I'm not, not a Zen guy. I'm not a Feng Shui guy, Feng Shui guy. But, but I think that there is a, a piece that comes from a well-structured um, visual environment. Well, you, you saw me Thursday when I, I had piles on my office floor and I had another pile on a bench beside me and I ended up moving and knocking that pile over, how frustrated I was. I said, I'm done. I cannot continue to work strategically until this mess is cleaned up. And so, you know, I had spent the whole week just kind of laying something on top of something else. And, and I, I had to take a half an hour and put everything in its place. And then I was in a mental space that was much clearer that allowed me to get the things done that I needed to get done. She's Kristen's hitting, hitting a whole lot of like sore spots with me. And Kristen's, you all have both been in my office and know that I am, uh, I've got a lot of clutter, whether it be bourbon bottles that I have, whether it's, uh, old computer equipment, whether it's, uh, I have a closet that I don't know if anyone ever opens, it just kind of spills out. And then, you know, you're talking about the books. Well, one of the books on my bookshelves that I have not read yet is the life changing magic of tidying up the Japanese art of decluttering <laughs> and organization or organizing. <laughs> and you know, you buy hey, that book because you think you need it. And I haven't, I haven't read it yet. So, but I've heard that book's really good. Bourbon, I can help you with that. I'm sure you would be more than happy and, uh, you can always come over and, uh, and partake. So that's okay. what the, that's what it's there for. So. so let's take decluttering your space to another level. What if you're a person who who has issues, challenges, organizing, and and the whole thought of I don't even know where to start just you know paralyzes you. What do you do with that? Okay, find somebody, find that accountability partner. The opportunity cost of you trying to do this self when it's not something that you're strong at. So Mike, I'm coaching you right now on this call. Go call a professional organizer. I think you've got somebody downstairs by your office. Shout out to Missy Mandy. <laughs> I, I think she, she could organize? help you with She could probably I bet me. she could. She yeah. cleans. I bet she could. But the, the point I'm trying to make is, is find somebody that can do that for you. You know, it doesn't have to be your way. Let somebody come in and organize it in a way that's efficient and it works. And you step into that organizational space. I always, we always were going to say that. If you don't know how to declutter, just get a match. We had the uh, <laughs> we had the interns for a while. I think I think Allison, if she would have been on with us a little bit longer, Allison would have been in here to uh, reorg. She's like been begging me. So actually, I probably need to hire Allison to just come in here and help me reorganize and declutter and everything. So exactly. Yeah, we'll see if that happens or not. <laughs> but you have to leave. 
when they do that, because otherwise you're going to be arguing with them about everything. Right. Well, you will. Um, we went through that with our move. You know, you, you mentioned that earlier on about uh, unloading stuff as we moved down here and I was throwing stuff in a dumpster and Michael was walking along behind me going, Hey, Hey, I want to keep that. I might use that someday. You haven't used well, it. So for it was the all last my stuff. Of course you know, it had was. it been your stuff, I'd have been all in cheering oh, you on. But it was no, my stuff. I got that rid all of a lot of no. extraneous. Well, I, I, I beg to differ, but I will say twenty dollars in the jar right now. <laughs> we, yeah, wait, I will say that we had an auction and we got rid of most of the stuff. And most, in fact, somebody pulled something out of the dump. Oh no, we had it up against the dumpster. We were going to throw it out. Remember that? And yeah. uh, somebody actually, the auctioneer thought it was in the auction. Somebody bought it for a dollar. I'm thinking it was a non-working freezer that I just actually used to put horse grain into, so the mice couldn't get into it because it had an airtight seal, but it just didn't work. And so it was supposed to go with the dumpster when the dumpster left. And um, they actually <laughs> somebody bought it for two bucks. There you go. Is it two bucks? Wow. Hey, look at that. Two dollars, you know. But you're. Oh, I mean, strength. we're just right talking. I mean, going through this, the anxiety it causes, like because it is. What our clutter is so familiar to us, it's a security blanket, and we don't want to let it go, and we've got to let it go. Um, not only that, well, but all it, my I Frank think, Zappa albums were not cluttered, Kristen. I mean, that's how you look. I did I did not throw away your Frank Zappa albums, and you just interrupted me again, Mike. I want to go back to your point about being familiar with our clutter. Okay. The other thing is that is we talked about that in the other episode too, is when we, we have teams and we're trying to delegate stuff, you know, we have things we don't want people to see and there's stuff buried in our clutter that a, we don't want the outside world to see, but then we also have to confront ourselves yep. when we start digging through that clutter. And that really does create a lot of anxiety. Absolutely. So kind of piggybacking off that is our, is kind of going to, with that team and and having those people that do help you, it's a great time to declutter the space, but also those systems and processes that we use on a daily basis uh, to help our businesses be more efficient. Every Those systems and processes are there to help us create a predictable result, right? So that we can humanize the exceptional is might, might be my favorite quote of all time now from our friend Michael Patton, but they, they have to be adjusted, right? Systems are Systems are meant to be adjusted to help you as your business evolves and changes and whatever else. Exactly. Um, you know, I think COVID put really put the spotlight on that. How we used to do business is no longer how we do it anymore. So systems that supported what we used to do then may no longer support us now. And uh, you're exactly right. I mean, I think that the COVID made the COVID situation almost forced business to declutter. Right. Oh, I think it did. I think it did. And then as a, as a result, it forced people individually to declutter because we had to move into our homes and work in our homes and we had to create space that worked and that involved moving things, getting stuff out of the way, creating space for a home office. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's funny you say that because as we talk about COVID being the, being the impetus for some of those changes, we had become, there's, there's an old story about becoming nose blind or the old, remember those commercials being nose blind? And, yeah, the and, Febreze, you can't if you smell. Can't, if you, if you can't, can't smell, smell then it's COVID. If it, right? yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, okay, so that's now, we're, now this is getting, again, it's getting an exception level. But I was just thinking in terms of, look, we, we don't confront stuff that we become blind to and, and so we have processes that have become habits and there's elements to those processes that we don't necessarily need to do anymore 
that we continue to do because it's just what we do. And I think something like COVID almost gives us an excuse to begin to jettison that stuff. But why do we wait for you know some kind of a crisis like that? There's an opportunity to kind of really sit back and look at your processes, your 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 um your procedures you were talking about, and and say, does this step really matter? Or could I do it? Could I delegate that? Could I could I eliminate it? Um, and it's, I think it's a great question to ask about all the stuff we do regularly, because because I don't want to have another COVID crisis to figure out I could do things more efficiently. Well, then there's the whole aspect of in, in order to declutter, we're talking about change. You have to change your thinking. You have to change your actions. And as we have talked about time and time again, change is messy. Okay, so I've already got this mess. I don't want to make it any messier. We're uncovering a whole lot of stuff right here. So there's one other, there's one other aspect I know that we've got to really kind of focus on uh, the decluttering uh, because if we don't, if we're not careful with this aspect, clutter will just pile into this, and uh, it causes us to be not efficient at all. And that's our that's our time, our calendars, our weekly schedule. You know how many times do we sacrifice and you know, just because we might not have a, a, a set appointment with someone else, but it's an activity that we've got to get done. How many times do we have to sacrifice? Do we sacrifice that, that blue chip activity because someone else demands our, uh, demands our time at a certain point, a point, but we don't have the structure on our calendar to say no or to redirect them to a time that works for everybody. Kristen, when you start working with a client, how much time do you all spend restructuring their calendar and their time allocation systems so that they can be more efficient? The right answer is probably not enough. The real answer is we spend a lot of time on it. Um, if, if you are not in control of your time, you're not in control of anything. And, and controlling our time is also an illusion. So that's why, that's why I always talk about the allocation of time. Where do you want to delegate your time that you have for certain things to get done? and not violate it though that's that's where where the the clutter comes in you know we start to let all that stuff creep in and it violates time blocks that we set for ourselves for those most important things i work weekly with people on their calendars i work daily with people on their calendars we do after action reviews on why did you violate this time what happened when this came in use a lot of color with people. You know, if, if, if it's really important, really strategic, write it in red, highlight it in orange, whatever you have to do um, to make sure that those most important time pieces that you're, you're allocating those actions to are not being violated. And then, then that after action review, if you did violate it, why, what got in the way? Well, a client needed me really, did they? Yeah. Right. Did they? And it, and really what it comes down to, and I think real estate's a really good example of this because it's, you know, right now, if you don't want to control your calendar, trust me, someone else will control it and you're not going to like it at the end of the day. And from a macro level, you know, you're only as good, whatever business is, you're, we're all in the lead generation business. Like we have to generate, you know, you can be the greatest coach in the world, but if you have no one to coach, it doesn't really matter. I could be the greatest real estate agent in the world and if I don't have anyone to help buy or sell homes, it does it does not matter, right? So when when we sacrifice that that daily lead generation time because of the demands of the clients of the and the market being so fast paced, you're gonna be you might be really busy right now, but you're gonna look up in about six weeks or so and be like, I've got nothing in the pipeline, I've got nobody to work with, and so 
we're already in a real estate market that's highly emotional for the client. And when when the realtor is on this roller coaster of highs and lows because of their attention to their lead generation activities, that creates that just adds more fuel to the fire, makes adds, adds more emotion to the situation. And so, you know, understanding that you have to have maybe some flex some of your calendar when you time block has to have some flexibility, but there has to be probably about if we use the eighty twenty rule, Michael. There probably needs to be 20% that has got to be absolutely rigid. And if you looked at how your week flows and the rhythms that we talked about in March, you can find when you need to put those 20% times in there where you're not going to be as distracted. Like That's one of the reasons why I like to come in the office on Saturday mornings is because usually no one's here and I can get a whole lot of stuff done. I'm not going to get distracted by my assistant, you know, my wife, whoever else. I know that I can just knock stuff out. Yeah, so so time use is is um, about intentionality, right? So you were just describing ways to intentionally structure your day and your week so that you have allocated time to the most important things, and that's foundational to effective time use. And Kristen, you know, you, as you talked about some things, I want to kind of jump back because because I was thinking about something that you guys had been talking about, and I just want to kind of move the conversation back a little bit. I think we have time. So. The, the, the thing about all these things we've been talking about, the, the visual environment we're in, the processes that we use, um, the way that we allocate time, they, they're not done in isolation. They all affect one another. So um, if you've got a lot of mess in this area, it tends to, tends to suck up your time. If, if, you have, if you have a process that's not broken, it sucks up your time. And if you're not spending time on fixing those things, it, it takes more time. So these are all part of a system. And I think sometimes it can be overwhelming, right? So, so as we kind of talk about decluttering and creating more focus, I'm almost thinking that we, we want to declutter our decluttering, if we could say that, in the sense that you don't have to fix everything all at once. I wouldn't do that. I would I'd probably focus on one thing because because they're so interrelated, they can, they can kind of come back to, if I fix this piece, my time allocation is going to be easier. Or if I, if I fix my time allocation, that's going to cause me to reduce the amount of time I'm spending in this other area. So I guess I'd just say that pick the one thing in terms of your decluttering that's probably the biggest distraction, the biggest drain on you, and, and fix that. It'll have the systemic, I think, effect on everything else. And, you know, you talked about having highlighting and using colors, Kristen, like mm-hmm. red is most important. Um, I, I actually did what you said, which is kind of, I highlighted all my, you know, the, the, the stuff was important. And and I realized I had a problem when everything was in orange. I mean, it's, the whole it's, list. So it, it, I was prioritizing everything. And so nothing was a priority. That's right. Oh, I, it's funny you say that. I had a client, I said, you know, color code, color code your tactics. So I use three basic color codes in, in my calendar. You know, um, a client is is in green because that's revenue generating for me um tactical stuff is strategic and i always think of uh, blue skies the limit so i use blue for the tactical stuff and then um the personal things you know things that i need to remember or the urgent things are yellow to orange to red depending you know one of those those nuances so i had a client send me his client or his uh his calendar there were at least 27 different hues of colors on his calendar. <laughs> it looked like it like looked it looked like a rainbow had vomited. And I'm like, do you even know? He said, yeah, every one of these these are different topics for different. It got too complicated. It got too much. So like to your point, Michael, you know, when you're you're using color to prioritize, you ended up coloring your whole page. And then what do you do with those competing priorities? So we got to get back to decluttering. We got to get back to keeping it simple. Mike, you want to bring us in, rein us in? No, I mean, I think it was good. I think what you just said is exactly right. I mean, we we're throwing a lot of stuff out of people 
But the reality of it is, is that you're not going to be able to make all these sweeping changes because if you do, you're going to set yourself up for failure. Like Absolutely. hopefully one thing we're saying resonates with you. Like for me, step one right now is like, I'm as soon as we get off this, I'm going to start trying to declutter this office. And if I can start so let's there, even drill down in that a little bit more, you know, decluttering your office is pretty broad and sweeping. Where's the first step you're going to start? What's the first thing? I'm going to clean off that standing desk. All right. That's it. You're, you're done gonna... for the and day then, then. Yeah. At two o'clock, I could be in there to help you take care of the bourbon problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. And then you can hold me accountable to make sure that I cleaned off the desk. And while if you're I here, you, you can help me. I won't be able to hold you do anything. So. <laughs> uh, but I think that's exactly right. It's like, what's the, what's the step I need to take? You know, what's that first really specific step I need to take? And then, and then you can kind of figure out where you need to go from there. Uh, because change is not done overnight like that. It's it's done by making those simple little adjustments over time. And so maybe it's clean off this desktop, but then it's committing to keeping it clean for the week. You know, I, part of now I'm I'm showing how Michael said that they all fit together. Maybe now part of my time allocation regimen is when I'm you know having a lot of time for me to clean the desk before I leave and shut and and really work on that, how I shut it down uh, every day, you know? So, yeah, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. Anything else you guys want to add on this topic, or, or are we ready to kind of wrap it up? I think we need to wrap it up. I think it's the whole fire hose effect again. You yeah, know, we that's don't true. Wanna, we don't want to create so much yeah, uh, diffusion. Yeah, let's, let's not, not clutter, clutter up it clutter. up. Perfect. <laughs> All right, so we'll do that. We won't clutter up the, we won't clutter up the clutter episode, and we're going to come back next week and we were going to be talking about uh, decluttering your life. So we'll be back next time. Again, if you value the Align Life Pro, please share it with someone that you think would find this valuable. And uh, we'll talk to you soon.